Welcome to Classical Music on Mushrooms. This is a podcast where we explore all things unspoken in the classical music world. I'm excited to dive deep into taboo topics that are oftentimes shied away from or completely ignored in classical music spaces. So with that, let's get deep and have a good fucking time. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Classical Music on Mushrooms. You know, I just got COVID a little while back, and on the rare occasions when I do get sick, it brings me back to the basics of taking care of my voice. It's always kind of a bummer when I get sick and I can't sing, but it's in moments like these where I find myself most grateful for my voice and my ability to sing in the first place. Do you guys ever experience that? It's like when something is taken away from us, even briefly. It makes you cherish it that much more. So that brings me to the topic of this episode, vocal health. Today, we will be diving into some topics that aren't really touched upon in discussions surrounding vocal health. Things like prioritizing your health, how menstruation affects the voice, substance use, and more. I intend on being a little bit more vulnerable in this podcast than usual and discuss some destructive patterns I've had and how I've maintained my vocal health through those issues. And the only reason I'm okay with talking about these things so openly is because I know for a fact that singers, well, we just love to party. (laughs) And I know I'm not the only one who has struggled with things like substance use, for example. And if you are a singer who has also struggled similarly, just know that you are far from alone and you are still worthy of achieving your vocal and career goals just as much as any other singer. But before we get into talking about the heavier stuff, I want to cover the basics of taking care of your voice as a singer. If you've taken private voice lessons before or have been involved in productions, you've probably heard a lot of this already. Stay hydrated, get enough sleep, exercise, condition your voice regularly, and take vocal rest when necessary. While it seems simple on paper, it is far from simple if you are balancing work, school, and a social life. Arguably, it's basically impossible for voice students specifically to balance all of these things at once. If you are a voice student getting an undergraduate or a graduate degree, chances are you've had to make a lot of sacrifices in your life. For example, I know countless singers who skip out on sleep because they have work at night and school in the morning, or they are forced to stay up late for rehearsals and homework. Yet, sleep is one of the most valuable things we can do for our voices. Singers, it's honestly not your fault you've had to miss out on sleep to prioritize other aspects of your life. The reality is, educational institutions do not care whether you get enough sleep. And in some cases, it feels like they don't care if it affects your health. Some music programs will employ a rigorous rehearsal schedule on top of the normal school schedule, and these same institutions wonder why singers often get sick during the rehearsal process. And because of this, it is up to you to take care of yourself. And yes, this means sometimes skipping classes, asking professors for homework extensions, and sleeping the fuck in. I'll say it, your health is 100% more important than school. Anyone that has preached otherwise is wrong, in my opinion. Our society has programmed us to believe that grind culture is somehow normal and healthy. It preaches that productivity is more important than anything, even taking care of ourselves. It's like we're in an alternate universe where up is down, left is right, and sleep deprivation is cool and sexy. No, I am not falling for it. 
Individuals who consistently get less than seven hours of sleep a night are at higher risk for a lot of different health issues. Diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, strokes, reduced immune function, and loss of memory and cognitive functions. Sleep deprivation is no joke, and that's why I'm here, about to give some tips on how to strategically skip class and work if you're struggling with this. So, first off, at the beginning of every semester, make sure you mark down how many unexcused absences you were allotted per class. You can usually find this information in like the syllabi or just by asking your professor. Super easy. Keep track of these and use them wisely. For example, if you're scheduled for an upcoming performance, try to save these absences for tech week or performance week. So what do we do when we've used up all of our free unexcused absences and want to avoid that grade penalty? My advice is to lie and make up an excuse to hopefully get the absence excused. <laughs> I mean, fuck the system, am I right? Guys, guys, I'm just kidding, it's okay. <laughs> calm down. <laughs> but in all seriousness, professors are just people with emotions and empathy. And in most cases, you don't have to lie. If you send a genuine email explaining your situation, most professors will excuse a mental health day. But if you think your professor is some kind of a psychopath, here are some excuses as to why you will not be coming to class. Number one, you have the shits. Number two, you are hungry and you're in desperate need of a sandwich. And number three, you've been abducted by aliens recently and you still need time to process the experience. <laughs> but okay, yeah, the majority of the time professors are understanding as long as you don't abuse their compassion and skip an obscene amount of classes, you know? When it comes to work, it's a lot harder to miss it because you get paid and are at risk of getting fired if you don't show up. My advice for that is to find out your class and rehearsal schedule, schedule as early as possible in the semester. That way you can map out when you need to request time off during the busiest times in your semester. It's also important to note that if you're a music student, you have to find a flexible job and one that works with your crazy schedule. Ultimately, what I'm preaching here is self-advocacy. It's so incredibly important to advocate for yourself but it takes a lot of courage and self-respect. Speak up when you need help or a little bit of grace. Most students these days don't speak up for themselves because we are conditioned from a young age not to question authority. But the reality is that that authority is never always right. If something doesn't feel right, speak up. If a rehearsal schedule is obscenely rigorous and singers keep on getting sick during the process, start a conversation about it because chances are most people are thinking the same thing. To give an example, I considered dropping out of school during a particularly tough semester. My class schedule during the day and rehearsal schedule most nights was taking away from my well-being. In my mind, I was paying money to do this to myself and for the sake of what? Art? I was struggling and I felt like a pussy for even thinking about complaining about it. Everybody else in the process just seemed fine. But when I opened up to my colleagues about it, I found out that I wasn't entirely alone in my opinion that the rehearsal schedule was just way too much. Speaking up about this and reworking my boundaries with balancing school and my personal life was my first act of self-advocacy while getting this degree. It is up to you to speak up for yourself in order to make change. 
No one is a mind reader, so it's up to you to clearly and respectfully speak your mind when something is wrong. Time and time again, I hear people saying to swallow your tongue in order to get more performance opportunities, and I'm just over it. All right, let's go ahead and switch gears a little bit and talk about the importance of exercise as a singer. I bring this up because I want to emphasize something surrounding this topic. Yes, I believe singers should incorporate regular movement into their life in order to keep their instruments in tip-top shape. I don't advocate for movement as a means of punishment or to look a certain way in order to conform to unrealistic beauty standards. We are all unique and beautiful in our own ways, and singers come in different shapes and sizes, and I think that should be embraced. So find movement that you genuinely enjoy rather than forcing yourself to do movement you don't enjoy. And most importantly, be kind to yourself in the process. This next topic is specifically for my menstruating people out there. Did you know that your period can significantly affect your voice? I actually didn't realize this until recently when a friend mentioned it to me a few weeks ago. A number of studies have shown that singers lose vocal power, range, harmonics, and the ability to sing pianissimo while they're menstruating. And a few symptoms of PMS, like gastric reflux and vocal cord swelling, make it more difficult to control vibrato. How come I didn't know this until like a month ago? I think we all just need to collectively get over this taboo of talking about our periods. I mean, now that I know this, I'm going to keep this in mind when I'm singing while PMSing. And maybe cut myself some slack if my voice isn't feeling its best. Speaking of cutting ourselves some slack, I feel like mindset is so important, and in my experience, it's seldom discussed in conjunction with vocal health. It's arguably the most important aspect of vocal health because it affects how we show up in our practice and performances. Listen, I know my fair share of musicians, and the one thing we all seem to have in common is just this internal pit of despair. You know? (laughs) And yes, I'm aware that I'm generalizing with that statement. But there's a number of factors that contribute to this issue of mental illness, one of them being that we're overworked and underpaid. We are also constantly critiqued and fed this idea that we have to be perfect in order to be successful. It is stressful and exhausting, but we do it because we love it and we've dedicated ourselves to this art form. So if you're struggling, please don't be afraid to ask for help. You are not alone in this. As singers, it's important that we focus on cultivating a positive mindset. It makes it so much harder to perform well when you're constantly down on yourself or in your head about everything. If you want to learn more about shifting your mindset, I have a whole podcast episode dedicated to this topic, and it's called Magic for Musicians, Manifestation and Mindset 101. In that episode, I give you a step-by-step guide to reprogramming your thoughts to create a more positive reality. One of those steps includes looking at our shadow selves, as I like to call it. The side of ourselves that we don't necessarily like to look at. The flaws that we don't identify with. This brings me to the part of the discussion regarding one of the shadows that a lot of artists struggle with, and the one that is never discussed in a real way within the classical music world specifically and that is substance use. Whether that's alcohol, weed, or nicotine, for example. Most of the rhetoric is, don't do drugs, drugs bad. (laughs) I mean, 
That take is totally devoid of reality, in my opinion. That discussion usually ends up being one-sided and leaves singers who struggle with little to no resources that promote change and a feeling of shame that prevents them from opening up about it in the first place. In reality, some of the best singers of all time were and are smokers. And I want to be clear, I'm not at all saying that this is a good thing, but it's just the reality. Singers that have had a history of smoking include people like Maria Callas, Pavarotti, Amy Winehouse, Lady Gaga, Ella Fitzgerald. So yes, you can be a good singer and smoke, but there's always that risk of it potentially catching up with you and your voice. If you're a singer and you smoke or vape, I just want to tell you that you're not alone and you're not a lesser singer because you struggle. Like I said, I know my fair share of singers and a lot of us have smoked or vaped at some point or another. None of us are perfect human beings and we all have our vices. Dude, being human can be hard sometimes. (laughs) I mean, life is trippy, you know? So the solutions to this may seem obvious, but I want to talk about it because it has helped me and my vocal health a lot. So to my fellow stoners, just switch to edibles. Super easy. This will help your voice immensely. And if you consume nicotine, maybe see if you like chewing nicotine gum instead, just as a way of weaning yourself off. I will also go ahead and link some resources below about quitting if that's something you're interested in. I would love to hear your thoughts. Feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at Classical Music on Mushrooms because I'm always open to hearing different takes and episode suggestions as well. So with that, I am sending you all of my good vibes. Be kind to everyone, spread light, and I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. <laughs>